This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. See all of you here today. God bless you. It'll be a good morning, I promise you. Believe the Word of God will feed your faith and starve your doubts. I welcome all of you here. If you're a guest, we're honored to have you. you regulars, be sure and fill out your communication cards. And if you need a Bible, which we uh, pray that you're bringing your own, but if you need one, raise your hand or ushers will get you one. And that Bible that they put in your hand, if you don't have one, take it home with you, okay? It's that significant you get the Word of God. Once you get a Bible, go with me to First Peter chapter 5. We've been there a little bit, and so... Just to highlight this, I said this in the first service, and I think I'm pretty safe to say it. We'll probably be into the wilderness series into December for sure away, so it'll be good. And so just as you're setting the table here a little bit, just think this thought here that you're in the plains of Africa and, you know, where all the wild animals are and you wouldn't go out there without being self-controlled, knowing what's going on around you being watchful and alert, but you would also want to be armed. And so the things I talk about right here, these are found in 1 Peter 5, and I I think it's very important that we need to put these truths into our life on an everyday way. And so this morning, this is going to give you some kingdom knowledge. This may be a refresher for you. This may even be continuing education for you. But I believe this through the Word of God. Man, i, I got to get back into this right here. So we begin 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober, self-controlled, vigilant or watchful, because your adversary, your opponent, your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking him whom he may devour. So I, I can't lose my perspective, all right? When you look at what he's talking about, And one of the things I begin to see that the reason he wants us to be sober and vigilant is because the devil's like a roaring lion. Now think about a roaring lion. Some of his greatest weapons is that of fear, intimidation, and ultimately the the, uh, lion will try to stalk you. When I study here about the lion, the lion's uh, prey is usually the, the weak, the young, the isolated and the unguarded. And so again, he's, he's out and about seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9. Resist him. Resist who? Resist the devil, your enemy. And when it uses the word resist, it means to oppose him. To set oneself against To withstand him. And so right here when you see resist him. Peter he tells believers that we must directly. Boldly and purposefully resist the devil. And so in your life and my life. The things that are going on that are not of God. They will not change. Unless I obey this passage. And so what's going to happen this morning is we're going to give us biblical insight on what this means to actually resist him. So he goes on to say, resist him, steadfast in the faith, firm in the faith, firm in the faith against his onset. The Amplified says, immovable and determined. So when you look at this, the Bible doesn't tell us to cope with it. 
The Bible doesn't insinuate that this will be a one-time event. This is part of our life that I've got to learn. Be steadfast in the faith. So let me ask you something on those lines. How did you start out as a Christian? My faith was through the Lord Jesus. And I can't ever get away from the Lord Jesus. Everything that I'll, I'll do in this life while I'm here on the earth is going to be through the Lord Jesus. Colossians 3.17 says, everything I do in word or deed, I do in the name of Jesus. So part of this today is going to give me and you an incredible revelation of the name of Jesus. Man, we sang over and over about how powerful that name is. So he said, resist him steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now think about this. Sometimes we have the thought, man, the only one the devil's after is me. No, you're not that important, okay? And so literally understand this, that every one of us are engaged in this this battle or this conflict. And so as a believer, I'm not exempt from, from the devil trying to attack me. So what do we do in this area? Well, go with me to the the book of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And as you're turning there, protection will mean confrontation. And anytime we compromise, it's normally from the devil. When we compromise, it's born out of intimidation. And so one of the goals of the devil is for you to relinquish or surrender the authority that's been given you. And some of you may say... I didn't even know we had any authority. Well, you're getting ready to see some things here that I believe biblically are really going to help us. Luke 10, verse 17. Then the 70, and the 70 were disciples other than the original 12. They returned with joy, saying, Lord. Saying, Lord. Now, the reason I'm going to keep highlighting saying, Lord, is because... When you, when you see saying, Lord, it signifies they were born again. When I receive Jesus as Lord of my life, I say, Lord, come into my life. There's a difference between Lord and Savior. Lord literally means he's my master. So when it says saying, Lord, now think about the word saying. The word saying, it tells me that there's got to be a relationship. If I'm saying something to someone, I'm I'm in their presence. I'm I'm talking to them one-on-one. So saying, Lord, this, this signifies that it's not out of religion. It's out of relationship. So when they said to the Lord, it's like, I know you. I know you, Lord. I want to know you. I want to know who you are. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know your love. I want to know your peace. And so they said, Lord. Now watch what they go ahead and, and, and say after this. Even the demons, the fallen angels, are subject or submitted to us. Now again, even the demons are submitted to us. Let me highlight the word us. The us here is to people that are born again. People that have a relationship with Jesus. Even the uh, demons are subject to us in your name. Not in my abilities, but in the name of Jesus. Now we sang over and over again about the significance of the name of Jesus. 
Philippians 2, verse 9 through 11, it says that Father God bestowed the name, the name above every name on Jesus. The name above every name in heaven, earth, and hell. So he's talking about here, I've got to get a revelation today of the name of Jesus. Who, who I am in the name of Jesus. Not some knockoff Jesus or some uh, imitation Jesus. But I, I get to a place in my life where I know him in this intimate way that when I use his name, stuff happens. Now, right here, just off of, of verse 17, you've gained some knowledge. If you're born again, you can use the name of Jesus. But just because I have knowledge, knowledge doesn't do me any good unless I act on it. This is the same, and i, I got to get to a place where I use my authority. Verse 18. And Jesus said to them, the 70, the ones that are born again, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, when he mentions Satan fall like lightning from heaven, it cross-references into John 12, 31. It says, the ruler of this world. Who's the ruler of this world? Satan. And Jesus said, I saw the ruler of this world falling from heaven. Now understand when we talk about heaven, heaven's the highest form of authority. And heaven says, we booted him out. He doesn't have any authority anymore. So when we look at verse 17, the disciples said, even the demons are subject to us. But you know what the Lord Jesus says in verse 18? He said, I'm going to take you to another dimension. Even the ruler of the demons, Satan himself, is under that same authority. This is what he wants to get to us. So he goes on and tells us in verse 19. Behold, I give you. Who's the you? The ones that are born again. I give you the authority. Now he doesn't say authority. He says the authority. I give you the authority. Now, when you see the authority, you know what that means? That means delegated authority. In other words, the authority that you've been given, the, the power behind it only comes from the user. And so when I understand who I am in Christ Jesus, something begins to happen within me where I think, okay, I've got authority. And so let, let me give you a couple analogies here I, I believe will help you understand. Jesus says, I give you the authority. You've got authority. So this morning, let's just pretend here that me and you are a, a part of a platoon of the military of the United States. And we've been stationed in South, uh, northern Iraq or northern Syria where there's a lot of war going on right now. And so we're in this... We're in this foxhole, and all of a sudden, we start taking live fire. Bullets are flying everywhere around us. And one of the guys in the platoon, he has a field phone, and you say, let me see that phone. And you get on the line, and you call the White House, and you happen to get a hold of President Trump. And you say, President Trump, you got to do something. We're taking fire right now. And you know what his response would be? He would say, soldier, when we swore you into the United States military, we gave you the authority and the training and the means and the ammunition for everything you need, so fire back. 
So to a degree, that's what the Lord Jesus is telling me. I gave you authority. Now let me highlight something else. This, this was years ago uh, in one of Kenneth Hagin's books. This happened, I believe, in 1952. And you hear sometimes that people have visions and dreams. I still believe that. That's Acts 2, verses 17. The prophet Joel prophesied that in Joel 2. But sometimes you get over onto this word called a trance. People get into like a trance. That's found biblically in Acts 10 with the apostle Peter. So I believe in this situation, Kenneth Hagin was in a trance. And he said he was standing before the Lord Jesus. And Jesus began to talk to him. And he said, as Jesus began to talk to me, he said, this little bitty demon would show up. And the whole time Jesus would speak to me, this demon would be going yakety yak, yakety yak, 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 yak. And he said, I could never understand anything he was saying. And when he would get quiet, the demon would get quiet. But the minute he would start speaking again, the devil would start yakety yak, 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 yak. And Jesus said, I kept wondering Or or Kenneth Hagin said, I kept wondering, when is Jesus going to do something about it? And then he started talking to me again, and the same thing happened. And finally, he said, Kenneth Hagin did to the demon. He said, shut up in the name of Jesus. And he said he saw the demon leave. And after he said that, the Lord Jesus looked at him. The Lord Jesus said, I was wondering when you were going to do something about that. He said, because if you wouldn't have done anything about it, I couldn't have done anything. And the Lord Jesus, or he stopped and Kenneth Hagin looked at the Lord Jesus and said, wait, 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 wait just a minute, Lord Jesus. You, You couldn't or you wouldn't have. And he said, I couldn't have. Because when I ascended into heaven, all of my victories, all of my triumphs, everything that I did to spoil the principalities, that how I defeated darkness, I gave it to you in my name. <laughs> Biblically, Matthew 16, 19, I give you the keys of the kingdom. So again, understand this today. When we read this passage and Jesus says, I give you authority, he means it. He's not bluffing. He's not saying, call to me, pray to me, and I'll rebuke the devil for you. I'll resi-. No, he said, I've done everything I'm going to do. Keep reading. Behold, I give you the authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions, just reference for the devil and demons, and over all the power of the enemy. Now remember, guys, who the enemy is. Your enemy, your opponent, the adversary, the devil. So he says, I give you the power over him. And he goes on to say, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. What a promise. But again, the promise does me no good unless I boldly and purposefully understand the authority I have. Verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. That the spirits are subject or submitted to you. Now, he's telling in here, man, your, your greatest achievements aren't that, the, that, that you have the authority over the devils. Now, I want to highlight something here. He doesn't downplay this. He's not insinuating that you don't have. He said, you have this, but look what he says. But the greatest thing is rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Let me help you with that. 
Your names are registered in heaven. How is my name registered in heaven? i got to be born again. The Bible clearly says that when you get born again and you give your heart to Jesus, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So when you look at what Jesus is telling us, this is the thought that comes to me. If you're on this earth, and let's just say you live to 100 years old, that's a long time on this earth. But that is nothing compared to the lens of eternity. And so Jesus is saying, man, if you're on this earth 70, 80, 90, 100 years, that's great. Use the authority I got. But nothing compares with the eternity. The number one thing is you've got to be born again. That's the greatest thing of them all. And so he's clarifying to that that this is more than you defeating the, the things of the devil through his power here on earth. Now, go with me to the book of James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And we're going to dig in here just a little bit more today. And let the word of God really, really, really get on the inside of you. Let the the New Testament teach you here. James 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God. The New International Version says, submit yourselves to God. Obey God. Now, if I was to define the word submit to God... It literally means by submitting ourselves to God in number one, full obedience to his word. And number two, in complete dependence and trust. So for me to be submitted to God, i got to obey the word of God. i got to believe the word of God. Do you know the word of God is, is not only the blueprint of my life. It not only tells me the will of God. But the word of God is one of your weapons. If you were to study the Lord Jesus when the devil began to mess with him, in Matthew 4, three times, he said to the devil, it is written. It is written. When the devil would come around him, you know how Jesus would combat him? He'd speak the word to him. You know, in in Ephesians 6, 17, it says the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Speak the word. Use that as a weapon. But the second area, he said, was in complete uh, dependence upon him. That's my faith. I got to live a life of faith. So to be submitted to God is a huge deal in this right here. Because he goes on to say, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now let me help you with that just a little bit. If you're not submitted to God... You might as well stop right there. Because the rest of that verse is not going to do you any good. I've got to be submitted to God. So let me give you a little illustration. This is kind of how the Holy Spirit works within me. To be submitted to God, that means I have a legal right to use the name of Jesus. And so for me to use the name of Jesus, it would be like a bullet. A live round of ammunition. But when I'm not submitted to God and I try to use the name of Jesus, I got a bullet. But you know what that bullet is? It's a blank. And so it would be like me and Dylan going deer hunting. And every time I shoot at that deer, it never falls down, never does anything. And Dylan says, let me see your gun, pastor. And I show it to him. He pulls it out and goes, you're shooting blanks. See, that's just what happens in the kingdom of God. When we have the thought, I can use the name of Jesus, but I'm not submitted to him. So I go back and I look and he says, submit to God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against the devil and he will flee from you. 
So when you begin to look at this right here, the word flee means he'll vanish. He'll take off. He's got an escape. But if you look at this verse, now I want you to get this. Who's to submit to God? You are. Who's to resist the devil? You are. And who did it say the devil would flee from? You. And so this only takes place to the ones that are submitted to God. And so when you look at this, you is the understood subject of the sentence. It didn't say your grandma. It didn't say a priest or a pro. It said you. So guess what has taken place here? He shifted all that authority. Now understand when he says resist the devil, that doesn't mean to stand against people. That means the devil, okay? Keep reading here. This gets even better. Verse 8. Draw near to God and he will come near to you. You know what I believe? That's, that's that relationship. Man, I got to hang out with Jesus. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Quit dabbling in sin and worldliness. Get serious. He says then purify your hearts. Purify your inner life. You double-minded. You know what a double-minded person is? They vacillate between serving God on Sunday and then act like the world on Monday. And then look what he goes on to say in verse 9. Lament and mourn and weep and your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. So literally what he's talking about here, me and you ought to welcome the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know why I say that? Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon the inside of me, It causes me to repent. And he says, weep, cry. And then he ends in verse 10 and says, "Uh, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. In other words, time to get serious. Get serious with God. Serve God with all your heart. Now go with me to the book of Acts chapter 19. Acts 19 and watch how this begins to play out here. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Acts 19 is where we're going. I believe part of the wilderness experience here is learning who you are in the name of Jesus. Learning your authority. And it's almost like the Lord says, I I can't advance you out of that until you start learning who you are in Christ Jesus. Acts 19, verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, what you want you to see here is God gave Paul the, the power or the ability. The message says God did powerful things through Paul. So what you must understand is this. God still moves to humanity here on earth. But where we make a mistake is when we start getting the thought, Woo, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so powerful. Look what I did. Look what I'm doing. But I, I want you to focus something on the end of that verse. He said, and he had authority over the evil spirits and went out of them. Who was them? People. People. Keep reading. Verse 13. Then some of the itinerant or the traveling Jewish exorcists they took it upon themselves to go, to go or to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. 
saying, we exercise or adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now, as you're looking at this right here, what I want you to see is they called upon the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Who was those who had evil spirits? People. But understand this, any time you deal with evil spirits, you're not dealing with the person. You're dealing with the evil, evil spirit within the person. And so again, sometimes I think we get messed up. But here's the thing that happens. That when you begin to see anything in life that causes you to be harassed, intimidated, to be fearful. Anytime you get around people that it's almost constantly strife. You can almost recognize there's an evil spirit involved, okay? So in those terms there, let me ask you something. Is there someone you get around in your life that, that makes fear come upon you? Almost to a place where you're intimidated? Where, where you're harassed? And if it is, what do we do about it? Well, let me, let me share this with you. Years ago with, with my old job that I had... Part of my job was a couple times a week, I would have to go out into collection and get people to pay their bills. Well, when that happens, you're really not a real popular person. People aren't just real thrilled to see you. And so there were three of us that would do this. Well, when we would begin to divide work orders up, you would look at a lot of your orders that came up. And sometimes you'd look and you would know the people because it was every month you would see them. Well, there was one little restaurant where we lived and, man, I, I can still see the whole place with my eyes. I can tell you the streets. I can tell you everything about it. But the lady who owned this business, she was, she was the devil's girlfriend. She was, she was like the wicked witch of the east, the west, the north, the south. I mean, she was just, just full of the devil, full of bitterness. And so when you would walk in to tell her she owed money and stuff... She wouldn't greet you with a kiss or a hug. Most of the time, in front of everybody that was in there, she would rattle out a thousand curse words at you. She would try to humiliate you, mock you, and just embarrass you. And you'd look at her like, dear Lord, lady, what's wrong with you? So one morning, I, I get to work, and I get the order, and I got her. And I'm looking, and I go, oh, happy day. So here's my thinking that day. Do I go and do her very first and get, it, get myself, put myself out of my misery? Or do I wait till the end of the day and say, man, she's my last one. So I'm, I'm going through the, the city and I'm doing orders and everything. And just right there, how sweet. And you got to realize for these years, I would, I would work by myself. So while I work with my, and I'm talking to Jesus all day. And I'm, I'm praying and talking to Jesus. Well, in that time's, the, the, the business comes up, and I realize that's my next order. And so the Lord says this into my heart. You're putting up with way too much. You don't have to put up with that stuff. Why, why do you put up with that? And I was like, Lord, what do you mean? He said, I, I've given you authority over evil spirits. Now, remember this, guys. I'm not dealing with the person. I'm dealing with that spirit that she's yielding to. So I said, okay, Lord. So right there, I begin to say, in the name of Jesus, you spirits that dominate that world, or that, that woman, you're not going to harass me today. You're not going to intimidate me. You're not going to try to put fear in the name of Jesus. 
In the name, uh-uh. So, man, I get out of my truck, and I'm walking up there, and I'm just telling you right now, I'm speaking in the name, in Jesus' name. In Je- greater is he that's in me than he that's in, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so I, I walk into the restaurant, and we make eye contact, the good, the bad, the ugly. Man, I mean, she sees me. She realizes real quick who I am and what I'm there for. And, and right there, I resist the devil right there. Now listen real close to me. I didn't stand up in the middle of the restaurant and say, Hey, everybody in here! It was just like this. I said, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over you. I told you, you're not going to harass me today in Jesus' name. And again, I just stood right there. I stood and I stood and stood. And a few minutes later, she came over. And it was, it was like night and day. It was almost like the peace of God came in. And my, my, my little body was almost twitching like, what is going on? I'm so used to this lady poking me in the eye and stuff. And I looked at her and I said, this is what I'm here for. I said, ma'am, I'm just doing my job, okay? I don't want to cause any inconvenience. And she said, give me, give me a little bit. A few minutes later, she came back over there, had the check, and she paid it. And I said, thank you, ma'am, I appreciate it. And then I got a little Jesus jab in. You know what I said to her? God bless you. So guess what happens? The next few times that I get that order, I'm like, you don't intimidate me anymore at all. And again, listen, listen real close. You're not dealing with the people. And so every time I begin to go in there, I just bite up. Huh? Not the name. You're, you're not going to manifest when I walk in, okay? You're not going to come around and do that. So the other guys that I work with, when they would get the order, they would, they would get into depression. Oh, no. I got to see the wicked witch of the... So guess what I did? I used that to my advantage. I said, hey, I'll take that order for you. I'll do it for you. And they said, you will? And I said, yeah, you buy me lunch. <laughs> I got to a place where I began to see, I don't, I don't have to put up with those things. I want to hit home with some of you right here. How many in your life right now or in times past, have you woke up in the middle of the night? And I mean, it, it, it was like, the, the devil was at the foot of your bed. It's like your whole room was engulfed with fear, and you're thinking, what's going on? How many of you have ever had kids come in you the middle of the night and wake you up and say, the boogeyman's in my closet? Well, you know what the truth of the matter was? It was. It was the spirit of fear. And many times we say, put the pillow over your head and go back to sleep. Shut up. Not, no, we don't. I began to realize there was times the Lord would say to me, he said, you got authority here in your house. Don't don't allow the devil to disrupt your sleep. We can do that, Pat. He said, I gave you authority. There's been times in my life before I was going to go into meetings and I was so afraid and fearful. What's going to happen? And the Lord would say, just deal with it. Let me, let me tell you, I didn't tell this when in the first service. Let me share this with you. There, there was a guy I knew that was stationed in the military there at Cannon Air Force Base. And he was a captain, and he was really, really a mild-mannered man, just real soft-spoken. But this guy, he had, he had the gift of seeing into the spirit. 
And he was telling me one day that he was in this meeting with these big generals and stuff at this big table. And he said the, the, the head guy was sitting in the middle and I was at this end. And he said, I started looking at him and he had the sourest look on his face. Just like he was frowning. He's mad at life. And he said, the more I sat there and looked, I realized that he said, I looked into the spirit realm and he said, there was a little demon that was sitting on his shoulder and that same sour look that was on that man was the same look on that demon. And he said, I said to him, I said, what'd you do? And he said, I looked at that demon and I said, in the name of Jesus, you won't try to brought fear or harassment as long as I'm in this room. And he said, about that time, that general did something and he said, I went, and he said, I looked at that demon, and he said, guess what? I realized, and that demon realized that I could sing. Now, I don't see in the spirit realm. I sense, but again, the name of Jesus is going to work. And I said, what would you do? And he said, I told him, no more as long as I'm in this room. Again, he's not saying it out loud. He's saying it under his breath. And I said, what happened? And he said, it was like the little demon got put into timeout. He said, he went and sat in the corner the rest of the day until I walked out. Now, I want to tell you this right now. Let me ask you this. How many of you are putting up with things you shouldn't put up with? Keep reading. We exercise or adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. So they're using the name of Jesus even though they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Better stated, they're using the name of Jesus, but they're not submitted to the name of Jesus. So when I use the name of Jesus, I have no relationship or I'm not submitted. Watch what happens. And so he says in verse 15, and I know I'm jumping verse 16, or 14. And the evil spirit answered said, Jesus and I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Now let me tell you something off of this. This is what I see. When, when humanity right here on earth, when you know who Jesus is, evidently there's something in the spirit realm that marks you because that devil or those demons looked and said, I know who you are, and I know who Paul and Peter, but I don't know who you are. Now watch what happens. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. So when I look at this, I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. They've used Jesus' name as a knockoff Jesus. See, Jesus' name still has power. And so when I look and those devils said, we know who Paul is, but who are you? I can have the same relationship that, that, that Paul did with Jesus. See, oftentimes we have this thought. I want to do the same things Paul did. But I don't want to live like Paul did. The name of Jesus is, is still as powerful as it's ever been. It's not watered down. It's looking for ones that will go ahead and believe this name. So as I begin to look at all this that we've talked about here today. There's three types of people in this world right now. Those who are married to Jesus. Those who are dating Jesus. And those who don't know Jesus at all. You're going to be in one of those categories. Now, if you're married to Jesus, being married is 24-7. There's never a day off. When Shelly wakes up every morning, guess who? Who's there? Prince Charming. 
But there's days when she wakes up and sees me. He sure doesn't look like Prince Charming. And he probably has the breath of a thousand camels. But guess what? I'm still married. And so when you're married, guess what? You're committed. But when you're just dating, you know what that means? I'm going to come around you when it's convenient. So on Friday night, I'm going to pick you up. And you know what? I may come around about every three or four weeks, kind of like Sunday morning. Ooh, pastor, that hurt. And so the only time you're going to see me because we're dating is when I need something or I want something. And so guess what begins to happen? As long as they'll do what I want them to do, then you're Lord. But when you quit doing what I ask you to do, woof. Think about this sense in a thing called marriage. What happens in a marriage covenant when someone gets into infidelity? Trust is lost. When they become unfaithful, what happens? It damages the covenant. The only way the covenant works with the Lord Jesus is when I do blow it. Man, I repent and I forgive and I come back. And it mirrors a marriage. How many of you in marriage have ever had to repent or forgive? Everyone, you liars, raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. Every one of us. But it doesn't mean we're going to quit on the marriage. But I have found this out before that sometimes in marriage when it's so bad, the covenant is broken, the marriage is killed. But Jesus doesn't want that. And so I look at all this and the question, are you submitted? Or or are you just uh, dating? So here's what I think the Lord's telling us. Jesus isn't into dating. He's into marriage. And some of you, you've been postponing the marriage. And it causes problems because we want to use the name of Jesus. And then when nothing happens, guess what we say? Man, the name of Jesus, it's just not as what it used to be. I remember when the old saints used to pray in Jesus' name. Things would happen. I'm telling you right now, the name of Jesus is still as powerful as it's ever been. In the name of Jesus, all hell stands at attention when that name is spoken. You you can be guaranteed when that that name is spoken and we have a relationship, you stand in the name of Jesus. And I say this today to many of you, you're putting up with way too much. In the name of of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, why don't you stand up here with me? In the name of Jesus. See, again, Jesus himself said, I give you authority. I give you authority. I give you my authority. So I said it would be a refresher course to many, but I'm just going to ask right now, just, just bow your head right there where you're at. And I got to ask the question, am I married to Jesus? Because if I'm not married to Jesus, man, you, you, you got to get to that place where he's Lord of your life. And so I'm going to ask some personal questions Is Jesus Lord of your life today? And if he's not, and he desires to be Lord of your life. He desires for you to come down here and receive him and say, Lord, come into my heart. Change the direction of my life. 
And I'm going I'm to keep giving invitations here today. But that may be you right now where you say, I'm not married to him. And if it is you and you desire to bring it born again, come on down. Come on down. If you have been married, and man, you've served Jesus out of just convenience. You, you, you've just been dating. You've, you've gone backwards. And he wants you to come home today. He loves you. He said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Let me ask you this today. How submitted are you? Do you obey his word? See, in, in that area right there, when I have to ask myself, how, how submitted am I? Kind of. See, Jesus is an all in Jesus. Jesus wants all of us. He wants all our heart today. Where I look at this and I can get to a place where I say, nothing's more important than you, Jesus. Nothing. I love my wife. I love my, but nothing's more important than Jesus. Maybe just today, you need a fresh revelation. You need a fresh stirring in your heart today that says, not only is Jesus his Lord, I'm going to be anointed. I'm going to be graced. I'm going to use the name of Jesus. And I'm going to stand on that name unlike any other time. And that may be you today. And I gave a bunch of invitations. They're going to sing. I I welcome you down here. And then we're going to pray for you, okay? I welcome you to respond to him today. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebeck.com.